Joe. What's that show? Great question. It's called So What Do You Do? Where myself, Jen, and Joyce, she has not talked yet. Oh, there she was. Um, (laughs) We are going to talk to people in different careers to find out different ways to make money. I'm one of your hosts, Jen. We discussed that. Joyce, she's the one that said hi. Hello. I am Joyce. Here we are. Uh, just some like quick business. Uh, I have a sinus infection, so I'm gonna sound <laughs> a little weird. Um, I don't know, Joyce. What uh, what physical ailments? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, to say that. Um, but what's up, Joyce? Uh, doing well, doing well. Um, I'm kind of uh, over all this rain though. Yeah, hard pass now. Like, I mean, it's great that we have while. all this. Wa- yeah, exactly. Cute for a while. Cute, cute for, for a while. while. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. now it's like we're literally digging trenches in our yard to like have the rain not go into like our laundry room. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. We've been dealing with leaks all season too. And um, yeah, it's it doesn't seem to be stopping. Yeah. And that's why uh, – <laughs> You know what? Because of time, I was going to really just like segue you know, hard and segue so freaking hard because you know what? There's solutions out there that people come up with and then they mm-hmm. say, hey, mm-hmm. I'm going to be the person that comes up with that solution. And then I'm also going to be the person that runs the whole thing. And honestly, I have so many questions uh, for this person. So that is our way of segueing right over to our guest, Sensi Graves. Woo! Yay! (laughs) Thank you for having me, ladies. I'm super excited to be on the show with you. Nice. (laughs) So how about, okay, you introduce yourself and what you do for the listeners. Yes. I am a professional kiteboarder, founder of a sustainable swimwear company, inspirational speaker and mentor, and I put on women's kite camps and retreats. So I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur here for all the things. Incredible. Incredible. Yes. There's so much of that, that I have so many, so many questions about. Um, curious, how did you get started? In which, in which <laughs> career? <laughs> I guess all of it. I would love to hear the story of the evolution of everything there. Yes. Okay. So I'm from Northern California originally, went to UC San Diego, have always been entrepreneurial minded, actually grew up on a weed farm in Mendocino County. And uh, my dad was an entrepreneur and weed grower. And I learned to kite in college. Oh, wow. Went out to North Carolina. Had never heard of the sport. My dad, again, I have three brothers. He was like, we're going to learn to kite for it. I was like, what? I've never even heard of this. What are we doing? And that's the thing where you have a kite and you're on a surfboard and you just like freaking go, right? Essentially, yeah. It's like wakeboarding, but you are driving your own boat. The boat oh, being I- kite in the sky. Got it's- it. I'll sometimes see like little clusters of like groups doing that. It's the most like, it's it's the coolest thing, but it looks like you could also just get like swept up and just like not come down. It kind of looks terrifying. That is definitely the biggest misconception that you you get swept away, (laughs) but it's intimidating. It's certainly intimidating and it's still this kind of fringe extreme sport. Um, But a lot of my career has been focused on empowering women and, and, improving access to kiteboarding. And then, so you, you, um, at some point 
would it be considered founding the swimwear brand or how, how do you describe that kind of like trajectory? Yeah. So once I learned to kiteboard, I was in college and then the school that I learned at, even though I was not very good, they were looking for kite instructors. And this was a couple years after I learned and I was like, oh, that sounds like a fun summer job. Sign me up. I'm going to go out there. And so I actually moved in between my junior and senior year of college to North Carolina to teach kiting and fell in love with it. It was like eat, sleep, dream, kiteboarding. And it was at that time that I was getting really tired of the swimsuits that I was wearing. I was in the water Mm. every single day and I wanted something that would stay put, but that was also really beautiful. And that made me feel confident when I wore it. And that also empowered me to go out and do all the fun stuff that I wanted to do. And so, uh, compress the next 18 months. And I found myself starting a swimwear company and shortly thereafter starting to compete in kiteboarding. And I could not, I tell you, have predicted where I am today, but it's (laughs) kiteboarding has given me everything. That's amazing. I actually want to dig into how you got started with a swimwear brand. I love the inspiration behind it, but curious, like how, what, what are the steps that you take from, I really want to do this to actually doing this 18 months later? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think the biggest thing, Joyce, is that I voiced it out loud. Like I had this idea percolating in my head for a number of years. Well, a year probably, to be honest. And I remember when I finally told someone I was going to do it, I was like, oh, okay, I have to do it. Like I voiced it out loud. (laughs) And from that point on, it was a combination of not knowing what to do and just having that kind of blind naivete that led me to just be like, okay, I'm just going to try things and I'm going to order fabric from New York and I'm going to find someone to sew up samples and just slowly putting one foot in front of the other. And then also this openness to input and asking questions Mm -hmm. and being really like, how do I do this? And and asking people to be like, I want to do this thing. How do I do this? And so it was a, um, I, I would think a combination of those two skills that really empowered me to even do it. Because looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, if I knew what I know now, I don't think I would have had the courage. <laughs> so, okay. That's so interesting because the first thing that I'm thinking about when I'm uh, hearing you talk about this is I've been in so many startups to where the amount of work that I know it takes to run them terrifies me. And so um, when I'm thinking about like, you know, I think that there's, it's probably a very shared like feeling where people are like, I have an idea and I want to do something with it. Mm. And first is like the questions and like, how do I get started? How do I do all that? But I was just feeling this like anxiety as you were talking, because I'm just like, I know all the stuff that goes into making this happen. But you're saying that, and uh, let me know if I'm getting this wrong, but like, you kind of like didn't know the like like exactly like, you didn't you didn't know to be scared i guess um is that fair to say or is that like not a uh <laughs> a good way of putting it i think that's totally accurate because I, <laughs> there's a bunch of stories i could tell you but i was 23 years old when i first <laughs> launched my brand and of course you know the more you know and the more you figure out the more you realize you don't know um, yeah. And mm-hmm. when I first launched, I actually, my company is called Sensi Graves Swim, but 
But at the time of my launch, I called it Sensi. I wanted it to be like Roxy or Chanel, one word. Mm. I didn't want to be the face of the brand. I wanted it to be this thing outside of myself. Two years into it, I got a call from a sandal company called Sensi Sandals. They're based in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, this episode Italy. is sponsored by Sensi Sandals. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, that's awkward. I forgot to mention it. <laughs> and they were like, hey, you can't use this name because it's in the same trademark classification, beachwear as swim. And I was like, what? You know, I didn't even know to do my due diligence with trademark classification. Oh, and mm-hmm. so... Yeah, it's definitely fair to say that I, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but there's that saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And that mm. is truly what anything takes. I think in life, it's like, okay, what chunking it down to the really small pieces and saying, what can yeah. I work on now? And actually really just focusing on what you can control because there's so many external factors you can't control. So I practice now a combination of envisioning the outcome, but being detached and really just focusing on what is going to bring me joy and light me up in the moment. That's incredible. And so that was um, a while ago that you were, you had started it 18 months later, hurrah, you have started this thing and, and then you move on to do more speaking uh, roles or like, I'm curious to hear how that business evolved into Uh, making even time or room for Mm. your other businesses. Yeah. Well, we're going to skip a lot of time here. (laughs) 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 I started, I launched Sensi Swim in 2012. And that was even before I, I know it's been a long time before I started competing in kiting. And and there's all of this doubt and lack of confidence that has really, I think, defined that the last 10 years of my career, because when I started my swimmer company, once again, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I really started it because I wanted to make an awesome product. Um, Mm. but because I also, I wanted to prove that I could do it. And Mm. looking back, um, that actually is not a strong enough why. And so in Mm. those first few years, I took everything so personally and made some of the ups and downs and failures mean so much more about me than they should have, that it really took everything that I had to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Mm. And it was through this process of building the brand and learning to cultivate my own confidence and believe in myself that led me to speaking and mentoring and spreading this idea that you're never going to feel successful with where you're at until you feel successful right now. Wow. (laughs) yeah and and like uh, as I'm thinking about your your evolution of your career like it it seems like there's more and more um kind of coming onto your plate right how 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 is your like day-to-day life now like how much do you have to do that juggling especially as an athlete like Mm -hmm. I think of like athlete life as just 110 percent right like it's like you said you eat, sleep, dream about the sport. And for you to be competing and also doing two different businesses, that's, it seems like a lot. So I'm curious, like how, how you like to manage your time and how your, your current kind of day-to-day experience is of running all these businesses at once. Yeah, that's a really great question. I think before we answer the actual day-to-day, we do need to dive into the development a little bit more because 
when I was competing. So actually I'm no longer competing. Okay. Uh-huh. I stopped during the pandemic. I compete mm. in park riding. I used to compete in park riding, which is, you know how they have sliders and rails snowboarding on the yeah. snow. Yeah. We have that mm-hmm. same thing in the water for kiting. Oh, no way. Oh. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh my goodness. So that's what I would compete in. But during the pandemic, all of the competitions shut down. Right. And to be honest, it was a great segue for me. I was like, oh, this is perfect. I actually don't want to compete anymore. And this Mm. is a great time for me to take a pause. And that's when I started speaking and focusing on mentoring and developing this other business. But Mm. before that, when I was traveling, competing, being an athlete and running my swim business, I constantly had doubts. My doubts Mm. were would I be better at one of these if I eliminated the other one? Should Mm -hmm. I focus on one thing? Should I, am I doing too much? You know, I'd be at kite contests answering customer service emails for the swim company. And so that is a common question that I get because it, it was a lot, but my passion was in developing a brand and they really supported one another. People knew me mm. in the kite world from the swimwear and vice versa. And so, and in the swim company, it gave me a ton of credibility that it was athlete designed, athlete tested. Right. And so it really built this strong platform that I think we now can have really been able to capitalize on. But there, there were years of a ton of doubt. And, and, you know, now I know, oh, how can I incorporate practices to actually trust the process, put boundaries around my work mm. so I don't need to feel like I always need to be working um, and allow myself to just work without distraction, reward myself for working without distraction rather than how many things I get done on my to-do list. Wow. Now, I want to get into a little bit of the, like the technical side of being an entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. And so... It's always a little gauche, and I don't know if I ever use that term right, but let's say that I am to talk about the money side of things. But when it comes to being an entrepreneur, that's kind of the thing that's just flashing in my mind a lot is like risk with money and like how to live day to day. The unpredictability of it all. The unpredictability of it all. So I guess it's just kind of like a multifaceted question where it's like it's two sides, which is like what's the kind of risk financially that getting started, especially in a, like a, a, a business that requires, you know, upfront funding and like uh, materials and whatnot. Like talk to me about like, because if someone's listening, they're like, oh my God, I want to do this. I want to do this. Like I want to give a realistic idea of like, what's the financial risk and like how to manage that best. And then how can you kind of also, uh, what's the like, the livability of it? Like, how do you actually make ends meet while things are just getting started? Great question. I waitressed for six years. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, would be in Hood River, the town I'm in now, serving people at the restaurant. You know, you come up to the table, I say, hi, my name is Sensi. And I would get recognized and people would be like, oh, you're Sensi. <laughs> and I would be embarrassed. Uh You know, because I'm like, oh, I feel like I shouldn't have to do this because I'm, I'm going to say supposedly in quotes because I was, but I wasn't quite embodying it all the way. You know, this high level athlete and entrepreneur and doing all these successful things, but having to, choosing to is the reframe, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. make my side hustle 
into what I dreamt it to be by allowing myself the freedom to make my money elsewhere so that I could actually mm. have the energy to put it like I didn't want to be stressed about money you know I wanted yeah. to be able to save I wanted to be able to invest in all sides of the business and that required me to have a bridge job I really believe in having bridge jobs you know mm. there's a, a bunch of stories about entrepreneurs that you know one woman in particular I can't remember the company she started now but she used to work at this high level firm and then wanted to start her own business quit her job went to sling drinks at the bar across from the street as the street from the place that she used to work like with two of her coworkers and saved up enough money before she could launch her own thing. So I really believe in make the money while while you have the opportunity so that you can have the energetic space to invest in your dream or what you really want to have impact with. That's incredible. And then as far as uh uh the getting started capital, like talk to me a little bit about that because that that's also kind of the like you're having to invest some money and that there's a risk there, there's a fear there. So Break that down. Like, how did that work for you in terms of getting that? I love this question because I really was scared. <laughs> the first yeah. structure run, I think we did 12, 12 suits. So we had like three, maybe three tops, three bottoms. And I wanted to produce the minimums I had were 12. So I made four smalls, four mediums, four larges. Oh, wow. So few. But I, the initial investment, I think it was five grand for all the materials and everything. Not a lot of money. To me at that time, 23 years old, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. well, I don't want to invest in that. And I actually got really lucky. I had a family friend that we ended up evacuating from North Carolina for a hurricane while I was living out there and going to stay with a family friend in New York. And I was you know, has, had written my business plan, was in the weeds of doing, finding production and getting to this juxtaposition of, okay, now I need to put some money into this. And he actually gave me my seed money to fund that first production run. That's so That's great. great. Yeah. yeah. So that and what would you, what would you say to someone like, what, what's the kind of like tips that you would give in terms of like getting that seed money? Because that's like, I, 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 I should be very upfront. Like all the questions that I'm asking you are like all of the ones that I have, because I think I've always wanted to do something on my own, but it's like, how do you ask people for money? How mm. do you just like put away that fear and say like, I'm going to, I'm going to lose all of this. Like, and, but one of the biggest things is like, how do you ask people for money? <laughs> like that <laughs> terrifies me. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a couple of different things. I would say practice, you know, practice. How you Sensei, can I get some money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd have to tell me what your business is. <laughs> oh, great, great, great. I'll circle back on that. <laughs> you know, practice, practice your elevator pitch or how you introduce yourself. You know, when I first started doing inspirational speaking, I would say, hi, my name is Sensei. I'm an inspirational speaker because that allows people to actually that to support you. It allows people to get mm -hmm. on your bus. When you show up and you say, I'm doing this thing, whether or not you've launched it, you know, you want, let's just say you want to start a tech company. I'm Jen. I want to start this awesome tech company. All right. I am starting this awesome tech company. Even mm -hmm. before you feel quote unquote ready, or like you have all of the pieces in place, just putting that word out there allows people to support you. It also starts knocking dominoes over for help because when you plant that seed of this is what I'm doing, then people can circle back and be like, oh, Jen's doing that thing. Okay. Yep. I know someone I can connect her here. You know, when we don't ask for what we need, we can't get it. And so 
putting yourself out there can be really scary once you, you know, just like with me mm-hmm. in the swim business, when I first said it, I was like, oh crap, now I have to do it. But that's really empowering when we can learn to trust ourselves and say, ah, mm-hmm. I'm aiming high. It actually doesn't matter where I land. Really all that matters is that I show up and try and I'm going to reward myself for every step of the way. And I'm going to create trust in myself and I'm going to practice so that I can get people on my bus. And then I think there's a really underlying core component here, which is what is your why for doing it? Because if Mm. your why is not strong enough, like it should tug on your heartstrings. It should inspire you. It should bring up all the feelings, not only so that you maintain grit and resilience through the hard times, because we know it's going to be hard as an entrepreneur. That's totally a true trope, but it also enables people to stand behind what you're doing. And once you speak from the heart and it enables you to sell, you know, to when you're like, I believe in this so much that I know it's needed in the world. Let's go. We got to do this. Like I need money because I'm making a difference in the world. No matter what Mm -hmm. you're doing, you have to find that core tugging on the heartstrings moment that will enable you to put yourself out there. Yeah. You had mentioned that earlier that, um, that proving to yourself that you could do it was not a strong enough why. So what, what's an example Mm. of a why that is strong enough? Mm. With my speaking, my why is to empower humans to feel successful now so that they can shine their light into the world. And Mm. that for me is a really core deep why, because I held myself back in a lot of ways. I didn't feel proud of myself for years Mm. and I didn't feel like I was worthy, like I was enough. You know, I still deal with those feelings of doubt and Mm -hmm. it, it touches on like it, you know, brings up all these emotions because it's what I went through, but also Mm -hmm. because I know that when you feel whole and worthy and enough, you change the world. You feel impactful, joyful, connected. We create more community. We have more grace. We have more compassion for other people and for ourselves. And so that is what I say as an example. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's a great one. Yeah. And um, as, as you're talking about this, like, trust in yourself and this confidence in yourself, one of the things that I think about um, in regards to entrepreneurship, um, especially starting when you did back in like 2012, right? Um, I think things have changed a little bit in the sense that there's a lot of support out there for entrepreneurs and there's a lot of kind of access to things that maybe you didn't, you, we didn't have in the past. So I'm curious, like when you're doing all these businesses on your own, um, when you feel like lonely or want a teammate or want to bounce ideas off of people, um, where did you go? Like, did you, were you able to kind of find that community? Were you able to create a, that pseudo team around you? Curious what that experience is like. Mm, I love all these questions. These are so great. Yes. Community is huge in entrepreneurship because mm-hmm. we get so down on ourselves and it can feel really lonely. Mm-hmm. There, as, as you said, there are a lot of resources these days, a ton of different startup groups, I guarantee the city that you're in has some sort of meetup for entrepreneurs. Mm, Well, maybe mm -hmm. not if you're from where I'm from, which is town of 300 (laughs) people, but (laughs) class of seven, class of seven. (laughs) Sensei's going to start one. (laughs) That's her other business. (laughs) Move home. Exactly. 
But you can find groups online. There, you know, groups for any sort of entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs in tech, entrepreneurs that are farming entrepreneurs, you know, whatever you can find those communities online on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, but definitely startup communities, grants. There's a lot of amazing grant organizations that also have resources available. Hello Alice is one that I can think of. The SBA Mm -hmm. is another great one. Anything in your area that is, if you just Google the words business (laughs) and (laughs) see what comes up. But um, also for me, it was finding other people in my area, my friends that were entrepreneurs as well and doing CEO meetings where we oh, just, wow. like, this is, you know, my best friend and I, we do CEO meetings. She owns, uh, she's a wedding photographer and has a photo bus company and is rocking it. And so we just bounce ideas off of one another and say, Hey, can you look at this? Or can you help me with this? And that is huge. So yeah, if you can find, and I'm, I'm sure you can, um, someone that is doing similar work to you, it doesn't even have to be in the same arena. But then the other thing I would say is a mentor you know, mm. reaching out to people, even that you hear on podcasts and, and saying, Hey, can I get 15 minutes of your time? I have a few questions that for me in the beginning, getting that input was huge. Just mm. ask. That's a, that's, that's so true. Like one of the things that you were saying earlier made me think of, um, if you don't ask, you don't get right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's also making me think about just the type of person that can, be an entrepreneur and I would I would wager guess that everyone can be um to a degree but there's like certain like traits um that you're going to need to lean into and be aware of um or be ready to challenge so I guess like getting really honest about it because it this doesn't sound like an easy thing and I think that all jobs are like difficult and rewarding in different ways Mm -hmm. um but like I'm I'm just feeling like a visceral sense of like anxiety hearing some of these things because I'm just like asking people for money, like not giving <laughs> up on yourself. Yikes, that's hard. Um, so I would like talk to me honestly about what someone needs to have or to be willing to do to be able to do this job. And like, mm. like, you know, the work-life balance mm. and just like the skills that you need. Like talk talk to us in a like very realistically about what you need to be able to do to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> Deep sigh. Yeah, I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. I know. I, I want you to be freaking real about it because, like, this isn't easy. And it's like, I think this is one of those things that a lot of people are like, I want to do this. So, like, let's get real about it, you know? Yeah. I think, I mean, there's definitely a component of living with uncertainty. But mm-hmm. you can make the argument that all of life is uncertain. And even if you have a nine to five corporate job, how much certainty is there truly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so learning to cultivate that trust in yourself, I think learning to invest in yourself and being open to it's not about you taking yourself actually out of the equation and telling your big fat ego to sit down so that you can actually make <laughs> the change in the world. That takes a real understanding of how you as a human operate and how you can take the time to set yourself up for success. You know, um, 
Socrates said, to know thyself is the beginning of wisdom. And I think that entrepreneurship takes a real ability to hold something, look at it objectively and say, ah, this is working. Okay. That's fine. Doesn't mean anything about me. Let's make a switch. Mm-hmm. How can I iterate on this faster and faster so that I can serve my customers, my clients, X, Y, Z to the highest potential of my capability? And how can I be open to guidance from others and being wrong and not mm-hmm. making it about me? Yeah. It, it makes me think of what you were saying earlier in response to the question about like kind of balancing all the work that you do. And it, there is this theme of like true mastery of yourself. And I, I feel like w- we experience that challenge in so many different professions of knowing yourself, being able to kind of manage your own expectations and your own stress responses and your own time and your own energy and all of that. Um, and I'm curious, like in in your unique experience of being an entrepreneur um, across the years, what have you found are tools or habits or practices that help you do that? How help you maintain that level of mastery in a consistent way? Um, like rather than like in a reactive way. Mm. Investing in myself. Mm. That has been the biggest driver in just taking ownership of what I can control and stepping away from, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. I can't make impact and allowing myself to really show up and be seen. Um, It's been, you know, I was, I remember when I was afraid to buy a hundred dollar course because I was like, ah, I don't know. Uh, uh-huh, learn, you know uh-huh. what? Ah, is this going to be worthwhile? And yeah, you are the best investment you can make. And so consistently having inputs, learning, knowledge come your way, having accountability. So finding other people that are doing some other things, investing in a mentor or a coach and finding someone that's like, okay, here, mm. I'm going to hold you accountable to this so that your level of commitment and dedication to yourself and your business is continually rising. Um, and then finding what brings, makes you feel successful and finding what your markers of success are, because all of our markers of success are different. And I practice like consistently celebrating myself, celebrating my wins, saying I'm doing a great job, you know, high-fiving myself, writing mantras on the mirror. Like you can do affirmations, you can do meditation, (laughs) you can do all the things. It's like finding what actually works for you and making a dedicated practice with it so that you Mm -hmm. can, because when we don't feel good, your brain actually constricts, you know, when you're in stress and you're in fight or flight, you don't show up as, um, as capable as you can be because the blood rushes to uh, your nervous system, you get all wired, your adrenaline starts pumping, and then parts of your brain are active and parts of your brain are inactive. And Mm -hmm. when we want to absorb information and when we want to be creative, we need to cultivate peace and lower the stress in our body and tap into flow state. And so Mm -hmm. how can you set yourself up for success? Are you making, like going back to basics, are you making sure you get enough sleep, getting enough water? eating well, exercise, doing all, like (laughs) taking care of you so that you can actually go out and be awesome. Um, And there's one point to the last question that you had that I I actually wanted to end with, which is there's a saying that you are the problem in your business 
but you're also the solution. Mm. And I, when I first heard that, I was like gut wrench because I said, what do you mean? I'm the problem in my business. You know, like I'm trying so hard. Like what the F? Yeah. (sighs) But you're also the solution, meaning you can take ownership and be like, all right, I'm bad at financials. What do I need to do to fix this? Can I bring in an expert? Can I um, take a class on it? Like just looking at it and holding it a little more loosely and knowing that you are in control and you are the basis for your business. It, it actually makes me think of like, so this is kind of like a, a, a different segue, but like when you started all this, did you did you have a like a, a plan of like, oh, this is the brand that I want to represent? And if so, like, is that what what it ended up being? Or did you feel like you kind of just worked your way towards your current brand and vision? With a swim company? I guess, yeah, I guess so. Because um, because I think the the thing that I'm I was maybe like a different way of asking the question is um I'm curious how much of it is planning planning Mm. ahead and executing against that plan versus like no you just make things work as they come like you you kind of figure it out as you go and like we don't have time to like sit back and make like a year-long uh strategic plan of execution kind of thing Mm. that's a great question I think there's room for both you know, uh-huh. I totally believe in goals and identifying what the big rocks are, identifying what are the actually going to be the drivers in your business. If there's one thing that you could be successful at or p- project that you could bring to completion, what is it and what's going to rise or raise all boats behind that? So mm-hmm. definitely br- believe in having plans. Um, but I also really believe in just cultivating that trust for what happened and understanding that everything happens for a reason, you know, I choose to believe that everything happens for me and not to me and trying to take the stance of how can I take ownership of this and say, okay, this is happening. How is this happening for me? So instead mm-hmm. of going into a victim mindset, like, oh my gosh, woe is me. All things are going wrong, which totally happens. You know, I can't tell, right. you, tell you how many times we've had production issues and suits come out too small and it's a cascade of problems but looking at what can I control in this situation? And so that's a flow piece where you see an opportunity, you evaluate, evaluate it. Does this serve me? Does this not? And then you either take advantage of it or you don't. But I think there's that knowing what once again is going to make you feel successful. You know, maybe it is being on the cover of Forbes and having a billion dollar company, or maybe it's having a couple hundred thousand dollar company and you take two months off every year. So Mm -hmm. defining for you what your markers of success are, and then um, just looking for ways, because you never know what's going to come towards you, to to you. You know, I've had so many things Mm -hmm. just like come at me that I'm like, oh, okay, well, great. We're going this way now. <laughs> There's it's not a direct route. That's for sure. I don't know if that answers the question, but no, definitely. Kind of like kite surfing, you know, like the wind just like <laughs> takes you also probably a very, uh, <laughs> rudimentary understanding of it. Um, I also want to be super mindful of your time. Yes. Um, so with, uh, about five minutes left, uh, Joyce and I usually like to do a little bit of a lightning round of questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Joyce, how about you kick it off? Yeah. Um, my question is, uh, what's, 
What's the biggest lesson you've learned? Just a real light question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is that I'm the only one that can feel proud of myself and it oh, doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, mm-hmm. but I can acknowledge and accept myself right where I'm at. And I'm the only one that can really, truly feel proud of who I am and what I'm doing. Amazing. All right. My question. Would you ever go on Shark Tank? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, okay, wait, wait, wait. To expand on oh, wait, that a little bit, like, because <laughs> yeah. my aunt used to say, you should go on Shark Tank. You should go on Shark Tank. And I was like, no, 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 no. And now I'm like, yeah, okay, why not? Let's yeah. do it. It's advertisement, baby. Though I do think you have to give up, like, equity to your company just to be on it or maybe mark cuban got rid of that but there's some like read the fine print sort of thing because i think there's some like weirdness behind the scenes but i'm sure you're like super aware of that oh weird Weird. i didn't know that um okay my question is um for those uh listeners who are considering this um any any like uh i guess I was going to say words of advice, but I kind of wanted to make it a little juicier and um, like make it focused a little bit more on pitfalls to look out for. Oh, on, as, as an entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Definitely self-doubt, mm-hmm. not having um, belief in yourself and your vision I would also say anything that's too good to be true, you know, you, there is a, a certain level of, cause there's so many things out there that's like invest in this and get and grow exponentially. Right. There's just so much literature and things on the internet. It's like, just be conscious of what, what you're ingesting and put filters around that because you can, there's, there's too much information. We're inundated mm-hmm. with information and put some limitations, um, around what you consume so that you can focus on what you want to focus on and, and watch out for things that look like it's too good to be too true. And no, then, no. um, I had a third one and I lost it. What was my third one? Oh, Take, don't take feedback personally. Be open to feedback to improve your product, to improve your service, and make it about your customer, not yourself. Great. Awesome. Jen. Okay. I'm going to wrap it up with one last question. Which shark would you want to partner <laughs> with? <laughs> uh... And we can always like futurally redact this if you do go on Shark Tank so we don't like <laughs> screw your chances at whichever shark. Yeah, I mean, par- probably is Barbara still on there? She is. I love Barbara. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. she's such a rock star. And of course, I want a woman. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Amazing. Barbara's the best. She, she dunks on people all the time. <laughs> she's always giving Mark different looks. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Love Barbara. Great I love that. Choice. It sounds like you're obsessed with that show, Jen. Are you obsessed with I it? I kind of, <laughs> yeah. My husband and I like to watch it, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, but that's also like kind of uh, one of those like spaces that I get in where it's like, I'm hearing you talk about it. It's like, it's so easy to watch that show and just to kind of like simplify what it is to be an entrepreneur oh gosh, to yeah. like their like five minute, like, you know, time on that show. But there's like, 
so much that goes into it. And it's just, uh, and it, I mean, this was, this was a really great interview. Uh, yeah. it taught me a lot about what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Mm, definitely. Sensei, thank you so much for all your wisdom and sharing your story. Um, everyone, uh, go to senseigraves.com. There's a lot more information about her swimmer brand, her speaking, um, and all of the kite surfing, stuff all a lot of greatness there i was poking around there earlier too so go there um but sensi thank you so much for giving us this time it's been such a pleasure thank you for having me awesome all right we will be right back with joyce and my wrap up and here comes the music I'm doing the thing where while I'm sick, I'm just kind of like enjoying the sounds of like the weird vibrations in my head. That sounds so <laughs> weird. I'm trying to <laughs> explain it. It just, we were talking about, I think we were talking about this off mic where it's just like when you're sick, you just kind of enjoy hearing your voice in different ways. Oh, well, like you were talking about like the raspiness, like when. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Like how um, if you, after a night of karaoke, the next yeah. day, your voice is all raspy and sexy, and you feel cool. Yeah, and then when you mm-hmm. got like a when you got like a sinus infection, you sound like a fucking dweeb, <laughs> <laughs> like I do. Uh, okay, so that's totally an aside. Um, but that was okay. So I the whole time we were talking to Sensi, yeah, I was just thinking. Um, I had like a really bad therapy session. Um, I really hope my therapist doesn't know about this podcast. Um, and that was an hour before we recorded. And the whole time oh. I was like listening to like Sensi talk. And I was just like, oh my God, this is like rocking my world right now. I'm like, I'm recently made raw from like a very like tough therapy session. And now uh-huh. she's just like, filling the void with all of this inspirational yeah speech and mm-hmm, I, I, mm-hmm. it was it was really cool to hear it um yeah hear her talk about it wow i did not know you were coming out of that yeah from that perspective you must have gotten like a lot the of world was getting rocked yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is and i i shouldn't say like I, like i actually now that i'm like saying it i want to be like super mindful because like i think therapy is like such a great thing to do and i don't want it to even sound like for a second that there was anything like bad about it it's just no it's all no process it, and it's like it, yeah oh and so i was like kind of like having a frustrating moment and um and it's like you have to find the right person that works for you like yeah. um like it, it's it's a little bit like dating right like you if it doesn't work that's totally fine it's no fault of like the the therapist or of you it's just you want to find a better match yeah from one part I'm so out of it today. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's gosh, it's I don't know if I'm like. Um, first off, if you I don't do it. I, well, I think I've always wanted to do something like that. But for one, I don't have an idea that I would be able to power myself behind. Um, and you mean like really- kind of like what what Sensi was saying about like having a strong enough why. Yeah. Like mm. I there's nothing that I 
can come up with that I'm like, this is this is important enough for me to just like just plow down all the barriers. And then mm-hmm. I think too, it was that was a real aha moment of like, oh, the stuff that we know about like being in a startup. Mm-hmm. It really like the first thing I'm thinking about when she's saying swimwear is like that's one of the hardest products to manage just because of all the SKUs you need mm-hmm. like the the specifications on fit like because yeah, I've worked yeah. at a kids clothing brand and a men's clothing brand mm-hmm. and so all of these like things of like the the I mean my job as like in customer experience is like think of all the things that could go wrong oh yeah yeah this mm-hmm. would keep me up at night of like because right. I would have endless things so I mean the amount of discipline that it takes is really astounding. Also not something I have in heaps, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's, but it, it, this was great because it's always been something that I'm like, Oh, I want to do that. And I don't, it's not to say that I don't think I could do it. It's, it's a really, it was a really good conversation around like why to do it. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 I think, um, I like the, it, it was interesting because going into the conversation, um, I was the most curious about like logistically how does one approach this, right? Like, yeah. um, like how do you jump into the deep end and then just figure it out? Like just like brute force your way through every step of the journey of like creating everything on your own, meaning like you – are the team, right? You have to figure everything out. You have to like talk about, you have to figure out the financials. You have to talk about the sales. You have to talk about like the, the, um, the production and all of that. Right. Um, and that was where I thought that, um, like I'd, I'd focus on the most, but it was interesting how I think the biggest takeaway was around that theme of, kind of knowing yourself and yeah like managing yourself almost um and it like the thing that surprised me about that is that it's so true across all our lives right it's not just entrepreneurs it's like even in your job and my job um there's a lot of just kind of like your own time management, your own energy management that we're constantly learning about. And um, so, yeah, I just thought that was really cool to hear how, like, entrepreneurship is not, like, that crazy, wildly different from, like, our experiences with startups. And, like, logistically, day-to-day, yes, but, like, I, I think the deeper theme of like managing yourself and managing your time and energy was shared. So yeah. I thought that was that was really interesting from today's conversation. Yeah. I I mean, also like all the points you just made were also other reasons why I was just like it coming out of like the therapy session today, like totally was like kind of like rocked me because it's mm-hmm. it, it is a lot about self-discipline and it is about um like investing in yourself like that mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. she said um investing like you know 
getting really like kind of like anxious anxious about like um investing in like a hundred dollar like course for yourself right right Mm -hmm. and that was such a great example because there's definitely been times where I could technically like afford something or it might take me a while to pay it back or something like Mm -hmm. that but like but I like justify it because of like a fear right Uh like uh I I should uh take a writing course and I'm like oh but like money and it's like no no I could like I could make arrangements I could cut back on things like so it is like this discipline and it's knowing yourself enough to say like this is something I want um so yeah it was uh yeah I don't know I feel like my world got rocked I don't know (laughs) thank you thank you podcast I feel like there's a lot of times when that happens (laughs) Like I like literally my head is mush from the sinus infection and um, and yeah the therapy session and, and the therapy session and I'll be also honest like um uh just because I'm also reading a book about like cycles and like you know lady times and or that's mm-hmm. not uh, gender inclusive but like um uh, but you know like um uh, cycles uh, bleh, we all know bleeding <laughs> uh <laughs> making it worse um but I also got that. on the plane ride home from my trip um and so but I'm also reading this book right now which is like uh I was just interested in like learning about I thought it was called seed cycling but it's really just about like doing different things at different points of your cycle um like Hmm. and I'm super curious about that too because I've been learning about how like um like how your like based off of your cycle you should optimize your schedule and diet Yes. That's yes. okay. I'll send you the book that I got because it's it's actually been really um I, I get this like warm feeling kind of reading it. Cause uh-huh. it's talking like it goes into like here are like the different movements to do at different points of your cycle and like oh, the um it, right, but it also yeah. like, goes into talking about like here's actually what's happening with your body when these things uh-huh. are happening. And I was just reading the um the part about like, you know, when you start um menstruating uh and like kind of what's going on it's it's like considered the winter phase right because right. this rebirth and death of kind of it all so all of that to say i i'm kind of having this like rebirth and death moment today um <laughs> oh with I like everything it. um but no i'll send you that book because it's super interesting um it's about like taking it easy, like in certain points, and like where parts of your cycle, like that's when you can do more high intensity stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, but- yeah. The different kind of exercises and yeah, yeah. You know what's you know what's wild too is that it is, or actually, I guess it was yesterday, but yesterday was the spring equinox. So Get out, yeah. So lots of lots of new oh birthing. Like I need to manifest new right now. cycles. Yeah, yeah. Is it also a new I I've been getting into the manifestations in all I wanted like I wanted to ask the manifestations what do you mean the manifestations like doing manifestations at new moons um, oh yeah 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 I'm yeah. I I love that stuff I think that like like new moon kind of like uh all I, I completely believe in it <laughs> well and it's, I I really think that anything that helps you and doesn't harm other people and doesn't harm yourself like is mm-hmm. I think it's fair to do and to try and you know I yeah it's totally I'm, fair I just think like people judge the hell out of it right I like mean, like 
people can hate on like like horoscopes and all that too, but that's I don't know, it's fun. Oh, it's so much fun. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I I think this is fun. <laughs> We're I, I'm feeling more loosey goosey at our ending because we went really quickly through our intro because we were we were having technical delays and our and our guest had a hard end. So so I'm just feeling very like, you know, loose and talkative toward the end. You know, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed that conversation. Um, I definitely walked away feeling very inspired. Um, yeah, and yeah, I think it sounds like it. Like, gosh, I have so many other questions though. I know. <laughs> it's, but I I think like the one thing. Okay, the one thing that I just don't think I would ever. And this is this again has to do with just like it's it comes back to me is right. um like believing in something enough to just like go and ask someone for money and it's like that I think is such a tremendous mm. skill um and maybe it's just the ability to just say this is something worth fighting for and I'm gonna and I'm gonna just you know, put my ego aside to go ask for it. Because I think that that's the other thing that's interesting is like, you kind of have to have like, I don't know, like uh, entrepreneurs are typically very like, um, I think I'm conflating two things, but like they're very um, big personalities. Like they're people that I feel like want to go after their thing. And um, so I feel like you do have to have a little bit of an ego to like say, I'm going to be an entrepreneur but at the same time, you need to be able to rest it and kind of like wrangle it to not to be able to be a su- successful one. So it's just like kind of hmm. riding this fine line because um, I can at least say for myself, it's like I, I have a I have an ego problem. And but I like in the and that's why I think it's like, oh, yeah, I would want to like I would want to run a business. But hmm. at the same time, I, I don't, I'm I'm ra- <laughs> well, like, like I, I actually think, I think that what Sensi said kind of like changed my mind about this. Um, that like, it's not the e- like from from the outside, it's easy to feel that like the ego is dr- kind of driving the business, right? Mm-hmm. But but I actually think that that's not. She, I think she made a point to say that like you kind of have to separate that. Like your why is kind of – it can be oftentimes tied to your ego, but um, the more you focus on the why then and like push your ego to the side, um, the more – the better, uh, maybe the more successful and like less uh, uncomfortable um, through like not taking things personally and stuff like that. Um, So like I I, I almost feel like that – that perspective almost makes it easier. Yeah. You know, like, like, um, like think about like if you're fundraising for like a, a, a cause that you care about, you know, yeah. like you're asking for money for something that like you feel passionate about. It, it's, it feels more like that than, Hey, give me money because I'm awesome. No, you know what I mean? You're totally right. And again, it all comes back to what she was saying about just, like having such a strong sense of yourself. Right. Like you have right. to know yourself. And and I, this conversation definitely made me like relook at things even beyond just like the 
entrepreneur, but like just with the way I was thinking about like ego and like Mm -hmm. kind of the individual at the helm of these things. Um, Yeah. I mean, it was, I, I think it was a great, a great conversation for someone to listen to if they're thinking about being an entrepreneur, because I think that anyone that has the drive to do it can do it. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing I, I, I'm wondering, maybe we can hit Sensi up for any advice on this, but the thing that like got me, the one idea I've ever had that I'm like, this is the one thing that I'm the most passionate about is someone really, and we've talked about this, someone like brought to mind that like one of the reasons why there's kind of like inequity um, right. in a lot of uh hiring practices and everything like that it comes down to networks Mm because networks look a lot like you and you go to your network and you're hiring people that look like you and and I I sometimes wonder like you know what are the resources to make sure that that is also kind of like not getting cauterized off due mm-hmm. to just like kind of like networks you, you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, I, I think it's always in the back of my mind where it's like how are these opportunities even that you have to go after them yourself but like how are how are the opportunities presented mm-hmm. across different like barriers and I'm wondering that would have been a question a good question to ask but <laughs> maybe we can see if because uh, it sounds like Sensi has really good resources um yeah. to like look into to like connect with people yeah yeah and uh like like she said when you asked her for money she said uh she wants to see her business plan so that's uh, by the way joyce mm-hmm. can i get some money <laughs> just yeah, show practice. me your business plan <laughs> You know what? If you want to see the business plan, you'll give me the money first. And I guarantee you, you're going to want to see this business plan. So, oh, great, great. Uh-huh, money, uh-huh, please. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Well, right. I don't know. I mean, good luck to editing this, Joyce, because I'm a freaking mess. I think, I think it'll <laughs> this be. Outro. I think this outro is going to be the hardest part to edit. <laughs> But I'm going to insist you keep this part about us talking about this very meta breaking the fourth wall bit where we're talking about the editing process. About editing the outro? Okay, okay. Yeah. And and everyone should know that Joyce is the magic behind the editing. Um, and um, I'm real trash. I don't do much <laughs> except for set up our link to record on. And download the shit into Google true. Drive. That's not I'm true. I'm trash. That's not true. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're gonna wrap before we before we have more to edit. Really unhinged. <laughs> I've already gone through how therapy broke me today and how I'm on my period, and we're talking about it, people, because we're not ashamed about it. It's something our bodies friggin' do. Hell yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Good luck, Joyce. Uh, any who's all. Any who's all. So what do you do? Be sure to follow us on all of the podcasting apps. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I doing this? Um, also follow us on Instagram. Hey, bye. Bye.